Hello, Mrs. F1. Hello, Mr. F1. How are you? Good. Welcome to the new... We're trying something new, people. The new setup. <laughs> if you watch us on YouTube, we usually are sitting on our sofa at home. We're still at home. That We're hasn't changed. Also five feet away from our sofa. Yeah. We've just moved five feet over <laughs> into a more aesthetically pleasing location. We've, we've got some Formula One items. You know, Williams hat, old Formula One book, Ferrari car. You name it, we got it. We're, we're trying to bring you... <laughs> I almost hit the shelf and it fell over. <laughs> we're trying to bring you better quality content, people. So... There you here, go. Here you are. Here's here's a shelf. Take it or leave it. Anyways, no F1 race, obviously, this week. Um, first off, I feel like I need to apologize... <laughs> Because if you listened to our episode last week, halfway through, Matt's mic completely just went away. <laughs> so I apologize, all you guys, on that. We're going to see if we can uh, figure out what went wrong there and maybe upload the episode with his mic full. So Sounds so, good. Sorry. <laughs> um, we are going to do, for today's episode... You may be wondering, what the heck are you going to talk about? There was no race. There was some news, but not a lot of F1 news. We thought this would be the perfect opportunity because we are all for promoting other forms of racing. And we thought this would be the perfect opportunity to deep dive into F1 Academy. Yeah. Because it's starting soon. It is. The weekend of April 28th. Yeah, the weekend of Baku. Yeah. So uh, if you want to learn more about... F1 Academy, this is the episode for you. Um, but before we jump into it, I have an exciting announcement. Drum roll, please. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. Uh, I have started my own Formula One merch line, specifically for the ladies. Yep. Listen, I was just so sick and tired of polos with logos on them and passing that off as female like merchandise mm -hmm. it there's just no merchandise out there for women and if you're a woman you know this you know there's nothing good out there and not just nothing good if you do find something it's usually like a graphic t-shirt that you really can't wear anywhere else so i we launched it's called gp girl you can find us um on instagram tiktok at grand prix girl uh, and our website, grandprixgirl.com. Uh, and we launched with our first product, which is a necklace, a pendant um, that has drivers' names and numbers on them. They're super cool, 18 karat gold plated. Uh, but yeah, go check it out. I'm super excited. We've already gotten a lot of love and support from people out there on social media for it. Uh, so thank you all if you're one of those people who has already purchased one. Uh, but go check it out, grandprixgirl.com. And yeah. Mm -hmm. It's my own little, like, plug. Let's get into F1 Academy. Speaking of the ladies, mm -hmm. if you're unfamiliar with F1 Academy, it is an all-female racing series. Now, we've talked about it before on this podcast um, but there was a all-female series before called W Series, which it's looking like will no longer exist. 
There's still no news, right? I no mean, news. It, I, I think people just assume that it's done now. But yeah. I think so. I went on their That's website. Upsetting. Yeah, I know it is sad because it would be cool to have two female series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I went on their website the other day and like there's literally nothing. no nothing posted. Uh, so F1 Academy looks like they're going to be the only female racing series out there. We were both very excited when it was announced. Mm-hmm. And I know details have been like slowly trickling out about this series and what it'll be. Um, So let's kind of get into what F1 Academy is and like the goal of F1 Academy. So um, it's a racing category. They're specifically from their website. It Mm -hmm. says it's a racing category designed to give and prepare women and give them access, female drivers access to the fundamental fundamental levels of experience needed to progress into F3 and forward. Mm -hmm. So obviously the goal here is very much so to give them opportunities, but also prepare them for the future, which I think is what W series was really missing. Yeah. Well, W series, in my opinion, was just missing F1's, you know, affiliation right now. F1 Academy is obviously affiliated with F1. Mm hmm. And there's big names involved with it, like Susie Wolf is is the CEO or whoever the is it CEO. She's the managing director. Managing director. Um, I think you know it'll be good to have that. It seems like it's kind of like an F four. It's just slightly under F three, but it will be only women drivers. So hopefully, it'll funnel more women into F three because you know as of right now, there's only been. You know, I can only think of two women that were in the junior series recently, which was um, Sophia's in F3 right now. Mm-hmm. And Tatiana Calderon was um, in F2 for a little bit. And I think she's now back at um, IndyCar. I think so. Um, I'm not 100% sure about that. But yeah, it'll be it'll be a good way to funnel more women into F3. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because actually uh, F1 did publish like their funnel of how like where Mm -hmm. where this f1 academy sits because we all know there's very much like a ladder to climb Mm -hmm. f4 f3 f2 and then Mm -hmm. f1 uh this f1 academy is sitting like right below f3 Mm -hmm. um and we'll get into a little bit more as to why that is uh but the idea i think is to like start them there they're not starting totally at the bottom of the totem pole but um a lot of the women that have been named racers in this series do have quite a bit of racing experience Mm -hmm. um not just in the formula series but other series as well so Mm -hmm. we'll dive into that but yeah i think it's just exciting too to see f1 putting their money where their mouth is on this um and really being like okay we're not just going to give you like a car to race in and a platform to do that we're going to prepare you Mm -hmm. for what you need to go into the future which i think is what w series is missing and also f f3 just in general like it was just hard for women to kind of like breach that gap. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really encouraging things. And I think like the structure is good. Like it's solid. It's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the car. This is what I was like a lot, like super interested in was, okay, like what kind of car are these girls going to be driving? They're mm-hmm. giving something like super wimpy. Um, and I did take a look. I did a little research on this. Hence my like notebooks here on my lap, like such a nerd. Um, but the car is really interesting because I took a look at the W series spec car that mm-hmm. they were running and I took at the took a look at the Formula 3 spec car and like where this car is mm-hmm. going to fall. Uh, so it's a four cylinder turbo 1.4 liter engine. It's going to put out about 174 horsepower. 
And I think the interesting thing about this is the W series um, car, the engine in that car is very similar, four cylinder, 1.4 liter, but it put out 270 horsepower. Mm. So significantly less powerful car, which is interesting compared to W series. That's really, I don't know how you can get 100 more horsepower with the same amount of cylinders and volume, piston volume. I, that, I don't even, I can't comprehend that, but I'm not According an to the W so. series website. Yeah. I, I know it's significantly, I don't, well, I don't want to say significantly, but I know it's slower than the F3 car. And that's how obviously the series are made. It's the same thing. It's probably very similar to an F4 car mm-hmm. that, you know, you kind of work your way up. And I, I think last I checked that the F2 car is still the second fastest car in the world. I think um, you're right. Yeah. It's just a, just a bit quicker than an Indy car. Mm-hmm. Um, and that with obviously F1 car being significantly the fastest car in the world right right. but um yeah it makes sense that it's less powerful than the f3 cars it Mm -hmm. just sounds like if that number is true you know that that's that's pretty significantly slower than than the w series car which will be a challenge for some of the w series drivers that have moved f1 academy to be in a significantly slower car yeah definitely it 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 was it was definitely a bit interesting to me to see how less how much less powerful those cars they're giving them to compared to the W series. Cause well, like I mentioned before, we'll get into it a little bit later, but there are a lot of women from the W series that have jumped ship and gone to F1 Academy. Yep. So, um, the top speed of the car is supposedly to go 149 miles an hour, 240 kilometers for all of our friends across the pond. Well, anyone outside of the United States. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and then it's supposed to do zero to a hundred in about 3.6 seconds. So That's still absurdly fast. Yeah. Still quick. Zero to a hundred KPH or zero to a hundred mi- miles per hour. I believe that's miles per hour. Like Ferraris uh, go that fast. Right. <laughs> Teslas go that fast. Yeah. Well, Tesla's a little faster. <laughs> um, so I went and looked at the specs of an F3, F3 car. Cause obviously if these mm-hmm. women succeed, that's where yeah, they'll hopefully the be moving to. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how big is the gap between there? So an F3 car, its top speed is around 186 miles per hour, 300 kilometers. That's really fast. Um, zero to 103.1 seconds. Okay. And then it's a six cylinder, 3.4 liter, mm. 380 horsepower. Yeah, six, so that's, that's a big significantly jump. a lot more than... Yeah the um 174 horsepower so quite quite a big jump in performance there if you were to go from academy to f3 yeah i don't like that i don't think that's a smart move and i don't know enough about f4 maybe this car is similar enough to all the other f4 cars that Mm. it's it's no different if they were in spanish f4 and jumped to f3 but that that seems like a huge jump to, so, you know, if the goal is to feed these women into F3, they they may be doing them a disservice by giving them mm-hmm. a slower car. Yeah. And I think, obviously, it's the first year this series is ever running. Yeah. So yeah. it will obviously evolve optimize. as it goes forward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is their first inaugural class to go through this. So right. I'm really interested, to your point, like, like the W Series car is putting out 270 horsepower. I feel like... That's a good midpoint between mm-hmm. like yeah. a, that car and an F3 car. Like right. it's not a crazy amount more horsepower and speed, um, but it's definitely more to where it's a learning adjustment um, for sure. So, 
yeah i don't know it's it's interesting to see yeah and i mean i never i know like a lot of the times like car specs are really hard for people to like wrap their heads around especially if you're not a car person in general um but i think it's important to know because especially with this new series i think it's so important to educate yourself and like have our eyes on it and pay attention to it because Mm -hmm. if we wanted to succeed we need to give it just as much effort and attention as we would formula one and Mm -hmm. i feel like there are people out there who know like the top speed of the aston martin in 2020 well it wasn't even aston martin at that point i don't think but you know what i mean like there's all these facts and stats so interesting to see how it stacks up to the car they're supposed to be leading to Mm -hmm. all right how do the teams work? And this, I think, is really interesting because I feel like this differs quite a bit from some other series. So there are five total teams in mm-hmm. the series currently right now for the first season. Mm-hmm. And there are three drivers per team. Uh, and the teams are teams that their names are very familiar to. If you watch F3 and Yeah, F2. if you have yep. watched three, F3 and F2, F2, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. because I feel like that makes it like this level playing field in in a way. Like the these girls are getting the attention and the help from the same teams the guys are getting the attention yeah. and help. It, it should help them feed their way up, right? Yeah. You know, they, they would have a recognizable team if they were to move to F3. Yeah. So these are the, these are the five teams. It's Campos Racing. Campos. Campos, yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, MP Motorsport. Mm-hmm. Art Grand Prix. Roden Carlin. ART, I think they yeah, call it. Yeah, ART or mm-hmm. R Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roden Carlin mm-hmm. and Prima Racing. So those are, that's the big five in, mm-hmm. in F3 and F2. Um, I mean, Prima's the, the most well-known. They're, they have ties with Ferrari, I believe, because they're Italian. Um, pretty sure Charles went through Prima. And, um, yeah, his little brother is with them now. Yes, They've F2, produced correct. some great drivers. And, and again, you have to keep in mind that the cars are standardized, so... Teams aren't too important. Except MP Motorsport won the, the Constructors' Championship last year in F2. Mm-hmm. That's because Felipe Drogovic drove for MP. And, you know, obviously the driver who wins the, the individual drivers' championship helps the team score a lot of points. And, you know, MP, I don't, they, they weren't very well known as, you know, kind of a, a team to run the gamut. But um, to get back to what you were saying, it, it's interesting. They have the similar setup to F3 in which they have three drivers per team. Mm-hmm. F3 has 10 teams, so that's why there's 30 drivers on the grid, which is madness. Right. I think it's I think it's too many drivers. A lot but, less teams than F1 Academy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, who knows? If, if the first season goes well, I, I would assume some of the other teams that aren't on that list, VAR, um, high tech, I, I, would, I would think they would jump. And, and, you know, as long as there's funding there, yeah. You know, if F1 is subsidizing, I would think that some of these teams would tr- try and make the jump to support some of these drivers. So, um. yeah, I agree. And like my comment earlier about like they're getting the same help from the same teams and companies, the boys, the men are, too. Mm-hmm. I think it helps like their experience is going to be similar to Mm -hmm. that of the guys which i think helps prepare them but also these teams have experience like taking drivers cultivating their talent and moving them forward Mm -hmm. which i think is what w series was sorely missing right not just the fact that the people participating to help these drivers like succeed Mm -hmm. weren't 
in any way, shape or form, like bigger teams that were involved in other series. But also the fact that these also this gives these women access to other paddocks. Mm -hmm. They get to attend F3. They've I've already seen a couple of the girls um, on social media doing other things. Obviously, these teams have facilities, Mm -hmm. large facilities Mm -hmm. and with these with these girls can go and do simulator work. And work with people who have been in F1 and F2 and F3. And with W Series, not only did they not have the personnel there, really, and the big name teams there to help these girls, they also had no connection Mm -hmm. to any other racing series outside of their own. And it just kind of made them like this little island off to the side where, okay, sure, we can provide a racetrack and cars for these girls to get out there and show what they can do, but... I mean, I don't mean to put W Series down. I think it really had good intentions, but Hmm. I just don't think it was enough. Right. Like, it was cool that, you know, there was a recognizable name in W Series, like Jenner Racing. But at the end of the day, they're not Jenner Racing, as cool as that name is. Like, they aren't as experienced as ART. They're brand new. (laughs) And and these these teams that, like you said, they've been doing it for a while. Mm -hmm. So that experience should make things very different. Mm Mm-hmm. For, for the better. Yeah, I think. I think so too. And it I think it's going to open a lot of doors for these girls in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you're associated with a lot of these, you know, teams and companies, getting sponsorships is a heck of a lot easier mm-hmm. when you have a connection. Of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's great to see. I'm glad to see that these teams have stepped up and done it, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, and I'm, ex- I'm just excited that that's part of this, yeah. um, which I think is a huge key um, to making it successful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into the actual racing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are seven races, which they're calling rounds. Yes. In an well. entire season. Um, and all of these rounds take place at a different location. Mm-hmm. So seven race weekends, seven different locations mm-hmm. around the world. They will not be alongside Formula One for all these races. Only one, which is their final race of the season in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did just announce. I know people were really puzzled because when the schedule came out, they were like, uh, why are you guys not racing next to Formula One? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why are you guys not doing that? Uh, but actually, just two weeks ago, a week ago, it was announced that in 2024, F1 Academy will be racing alongside the Formula One calendar, which is great. Yeah, it's it's going to make that weekend insanely busy because mm-hmm. think about it. There's three feeder series and F1 going on every weekend that F1 Academy is there. Mm-hmm. Like that's that is a lot of racing. That yeah, they're gonna have to pack in. I have a feeling the reason they didn't do it this year was if you've ever been to a Formula One race, you know there's a bunch of other racing going on on those tracks a yep. lot of the time. Yep. Um, Ferrari Challenge, Nissan Cup, mm-hmm. sometimes other these Porsche other forms Cup. of yeah, yep. Porsche Super Super Cup. Um, so my feeling was this year they just could not slot it in Damn. with all those other racing. So I have a feeling some of those other races will get the boot for sure um and, we'll and they will and it's it's a no-brainer for f1 because yeah. f1 academy is affiliated with f1 okay and Whereas, it's great because they'll be in the paddock um yeah. with f1 teams which is fantastic they're gonna get the exposure of the crowd being actually able to watch them mm-hmm. hopefully they'll have promotional things on the campus so just more visibility yeah um for them in 2024 uh, but just for 2023, they will only have that one race. Yep, in Austin. So. Yeah. The race weekends are complicated. Mm-hmm. 
um, we've just discovered this even further because I had something written down originally and we just looked and it wasn't correct. It was a little off. Yeah. So I'll let you walk us through what a F1 Academy race weekend looks like. So they haven't really said what is going to correlate with what specific dates. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it, it seems like they need three days to do all the things that they want to do, but supposedly on the calendar, it's only two days. Yeah. Um, so we'll just assume that it's two days. Um, my guess is that the first day we'll have a free practice. It'll have a qualifying session and it'll have two races, okay. which is madness. Mm-hmm. Um, the two races, one is a feature race and that order will be set just by qualifying. Right. The second race will be a sprint race, shortened and a reverse grid. Okay. Uh, I would similar ass- to F2. Similar okay. to similar to the feeder series. Yes, exactly. Right. Um and then it sounds like there's going to be a second day that has a free practice, another qualifying session, and then a final race. And that race is going to be just a regular feature race. It's just everybody's going to have a second shot at qualifying well in, in another race. Interesting. Yeah. What do you think about this jam-packed format? It's oh. <laughs> If it's over three days, I don't think it's an issue. If it's two days, I don't understand how they're going to do all of that. That's that's very intense um the qualifying sessions are only 15 minutes um yeah they're pretty short. so that it's pretty short um the sprint race is 20 minutes feature race 30 minutes so the, the races themselves aren't that long but you know i mean if there's safety cars if there's whatever right um it's a lot of racing but it should it should be good experience for the women who are in the series because they are going to get even though it's seven rounds they're doing 21 races and 14 qualifying sessions. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's a lot. Getting your bang for your buck. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And, like, just want to preface, there is not a ton of detailed information out. Um, you can go on F1 Academy's Instagram, and they kind of have this infographic chart explaining what a race weekend looks like. But even the infographic is unclear. Very confusing, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's definitely a little different. They're definitely pulling in elements of the formula series that are above them, mm-hmm. which I think is good. It'll give these women a chance to understand how a weekend like that works and what it feels like as a driver to go through all those stages during a weekend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really interesting format and excited to see it in person. Well, and, I, and I think that F1 Academy is, is seeing the success of F3 and F2 with those race formats because... I don't know if anyone's ever watched F3 or F2 races. They're madness. I mean, it's like nonstop action mm-hmm. um, because the cars are so standardized. It's every single lap, somebody's battling somebody. Like if you if you want to watch really tight racing, you know, F2 and F3 provide that way more than F1 does. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, these women will definitely get experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll have a lot of racing experience. <laughs> yeah, no sure. one can complain that they didn't drive enough. That's yeah. for sure. Yep. Unless you just crash every time. Then yeah. That's the thing. Okay. Let's get into kind of the last breakdown portion of F1 Academy, which is the drivers, mm-hmm. which I think everyone is really, really excited about. A lot of familiar names. If you paid mm-hmm. attention to W series, mm-hmm. a lot of familiar names of women outside of W series mm-hmm. and then some new faces. So it really does seem like F F one made a huge effort into kind of like pulling from every part of the pond. Um, they didn't just look at girls with 
experience. There's actually some girls in here that have never done single seater racing at all, yeah. which is pretty crazy. But actually, I shouldn't say that. It's because not. It, it's, it's not crazy not. because because F4 is the first series of single seater racing. Mm-hmm. Everything before that is karting. Yeah. So if if this series is on par with F4, which it seems like it is, mm-hmm. then that would make sense that there's women who don't have experience yet in single seater racing. Right. And it happens all it's the time. Killer in karting, you know. Right. And it happens all the time with male drivers. Like uh, uh, like some guys get plucked immediately from karting and put into like something else that's a little bit Max Verstappen is like the perfect example of that. Well, Max jumped from F GP3 to to F1, but I mean everybody at some point jumps from carts to single seaters, right? It's just right, yeah. a matter of when. You know, I, I I don't think it's very often that male drivers go from carts to F three. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong, um, but from from when I started following, the majority of the drivers are coming from F four series or Formula Renault, um, right? And the kind of the local series um, all over the globe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's their their first taste of single seater before they jump to F3. Yeah. There's also some really young women in here as well, as also with some women who are, I guess you could call older in mm-hmm. racing terms. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't be as old as Roy Nassani in <laughs> F2. Um, so yeah, it was interesting to see. And also when you look at how, like who they chose on each one of these teams, you can kind of see the teams taking a strategy of maybe like, picking a younger person and then pairing them with maybe an older, more experienced female driver. Um, When I was going through all these drivers and kind of like making notes about each of them, kind of looks like every team has kind of taken that. No one has gone and just taken like three incredibly young girls Mm -hmm. and just like threw them in that team. They're kind of, it seems like everyone was really smart in, you know, getting someone with a little bit more experience and then maybe having another girl that girl or two that really doesn't have a whole ton has just been in carting or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm already going to say I apologize in advance for butchering all these names. Yep. I don't want to hear comments on our stinking social media. I get it. Mm-hmm. No one can pronounce all these names correctly. And if you can, congrats. You're probably seated <laughs> on the right hand of God. <laughs> okay, so Campos, we have Niara... Nyara Marte. Marte. She is 21 years old. We have Lola. This last name is a kicker because I just kind of love this. Lovenfos. Sounds French. Yes, she is. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Congrats. (laughs) And then we have Maddie. It almost said, it's almost spelled like Maddie. Maddie Uh, Maddie Caceres. Um, And she is 19. And assuming Spanish. I think so, yes. I didn't write down all their nationalities. Okay. But um, yeah, so we got a 21-year-old, 17-year-old, and a 19-year-old. Okay. So all pretty, you know, mm. younger. Um, I'm just kind of looking. Uh, Niera was in W Series. So if that name sounds familiar, it should be. Uh, she was in the 2021. She actually came in fourth in the W Series mm. standings. Um, and she was in Spanish F4 and actually um, had some podium success there. Nice. So that's really good. Uh, Maddie was an F4 also, and she is a USF. She was also raced in the USF juniors in the United States in 2022, which I thought was cool. Um, and then Lola was also involved in Spanish F4. So, uh, we have some women who have performed in kind of like that tier that those categories that are right below, Mm -hmm. um, F3. So all these women seem to have a decent amount of, you know, experience Mm -hmm. there. 
Then we have the team MP Motorsport. Mm-hmm. We This team has two drivers that I think we were both really excited to see. We've actually been kind of new about them, following them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. They are sisters, mm-hmm. which is crazy. We have Hamda. Hamda we have sorry. We have Hamda Alkabasi and her sister Ama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamda is twenty one. Ama is twenty three. Uh, so close in age, and these two ladies have been out there driving for quite a bit. Yeah, they are Emirati. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll go into the details about them because interesting stuff going on there. And then we have Emily Deheas. Yeah. Uh, she is twenty. So, again, everyone's relatively early 20s there. Oldest on that team, 23 years old. So, still relatively young. Hamda's 23 years old. Yes, she okay. is. Wow. Um, so, like you mentioned, the Al-Kabasi sisters are um, mm-hmm. Arab Emirates. Uh, UAE. Yep. UAE, born and raised. Uh, Amna actually was the first female, Middle Eastern female, sorry, woman, mm-hmm. to test in Formula E. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm no. I remember seeing this a bit last year. They made a really big deal mm-hmm. out of it, as they should have. Um, especially because not only because she's a woman, but she is Arab and coming from a country where women weren't allowed to drive mm-hmm. cars until a couple of years ago. Yeah. And this woman is out here driving a race car on mm-hmm. a track with with other men, and it just was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. really good to see. Um, so fun fact about her. Uh, she also raced in F3 Asia and then Formula 4 UAE. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. and Italian F4. Oh, yeah, they've, they've been all, they are probably the most experienced of all the drivers. They've bounced Which around. Are, yeah. Um, and then Hamda uh, was the first woman to be on a podium in the Italian F4 series. Good for her. So they definitely have a bunch of accolades under mm-hmm. their belt when it comes to being the first to things, mm-hmm. uh, which is really great. The interesting thing and the tea we're going to get into about these sisters, which we just recently found out about. Uh, so obviously, uh, you have to have money mm-hmm. to be in motorsport. So we were like, hmm, this is interesting. Not only are they women in a country where, you know, women's rights isn't necessarily a priority, um, where they're kind of treated as second class citizens in certain places. Uh, we were like, okay, so... How did they get to where they are now? Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, did they have funding? Who was backing them? Well, <laughs> this is where things get a little fishy. Um, their dad's in jail. <laughs> and I know you read more about this. Um, he kind of took a lot of money. Yeah, apparently he was he was the president of a petroleum company in UAE, which, you know, is where the majority of the money is. In the Middle East, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's—I believe he's in jail for the next fifteen years for bribery and corruption, something like that. Yeah. Um, you put it lightly. You said a little bit of money. It, oh yeah, it was like billions. It was right? a lot of money. Yeah, it was a lot of money, and he like stashed it in the Cayman Islands or something. Yeah. Well, that, okay, the, this is all <laughs> allegedly, right? I mean, well, well, actually, if he's in jail, if he's I in guess jail. it's not allegedly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so to your point, there's a lot of people in racing that have their money from unsavory places. Yeah. And, you know, sins of the father. I don't really think these two girls can be blamed for no. the fact mm-hmm. that their father may have made some, you know, bad decisions. But clearly, 
his money was able to help them kind of bounce around to different series and, and get more experience. Not just his money, his position sure. in life. And uh, again, this is this is the world of the rich yes. and famous and also just racing. It's who you know, who you are, and what mm-hmm. kind of power you have. I just think it's interesting that they already come from a really controversial place just because of their women from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And then they've got this kind of like background behind them that I had no idea about. But like you said, sins of the father, I don't think these girls were involved no, in no. any of this. They, they aren't at fault at all, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's just that some of their experience, you have to, you have to understand that there are drivers out there, men and women, who get more experience than others because of the money they have backing them. Yeah. That's why I made the joke earlier about Roy Nassani, who is an Israeli driver in F2, and he's like 27 years old, mm-hmm. which is significantly older than everybody else in F2. Um, and he still sticks around because he brings a lot of money to the table. Yeah. And it's it, not that I'm, I'm not saying these girls aren't good drivers. Clearly, they have good accolades if one of them you know finished on the podium in f4 mm. but um some of that experience for sure comes down to having the money to be able to fund that racing yeah absolutely i i'm i'm not discrediting any of their their hard work they've put in over the years they're both young girls who have shown you know promise in other series i do find it interesting though that like it just so happened both daughters got into f1 academy with the same team yeah it it's a little bit of a hmm, interesting i'm sure their money had had something to do with it but i'm excited to just see them put their skills to the test because clearly they have talent yeah yeah you can't buy talent yeah that's for sure so yeah i mean i wish them all the best and if they are really able to like succeed and just grow as drivers and make it up the ladder i can't imagine what that will do to encouraging young young Arab women who yeah. will see them and say, hey, maybe I can do that too, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really yeah, absolutely. great. Um, we've talked a lot about them, but obviously there's they have Emily on the team as well. Uh, she also might sound familiar because she participated in W Series. Mm. She also was in Formula 4 UAE alongside both of these young women mm-hmm. um, and was also in the Spanish Formula 4. Uh, so she's got some Formula Series experience mm-hmm. there as well. And another W Series driver jump on the fence. All right, we have ART mm-hmm. next. We have uh, Lena Buhler, who is 25 years old. Uh, Carrie Scher- Scheringer? Shit. Schreiner. 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 We have Carrie Schreiner. Mm-hmm. She's 24 years old. And Chloe Grant, who's 17. That sounds familiar. She was in W Series, right? Chloe Grant was not in no. W Series. Uh, but I think her name just sounds familiar. Every time I hear, like, I don't know why, but when I heard her name, Chloe Grant, I just thought of Adam Sandler in one of his movies. He goes, Cara Grant. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just I just came remember to mind. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's what I think is really interesting about this team is they've got two older drivers, mm-hmm. Lena and Carrie, 25 and 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into their experience in a second. But then Chloe, who is 17 years old, mm-hmm. that's pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is one of the youngest drivers on the F1 Academy grid this year. Uh, she is being touted as one of the up and coming talents 
for racing mm. just in general there's a lot of hype around her i feel um she's younger she participated in a couple of the fia events where they evaluate some of these young drivers skills mm-hmm. and she apparently um was listed as one of the top and up-and-coming talents uh when she went through all those tests and everything so I think it's also really exciting because she will probably be one of the first women to go through the F1 Academy category as a young driver. I think as this category grows and gets older, we'll start seeing younger girls, just Mm -hmm. like you do in F3, F2. Like everyone's around like a similar age. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that there are women in here that are 25 years old, you would never see that in it's the, rare like yeah. i said roy nasani is a is a an example but mm-hmm. yeah majority of f3 drivers are 17 right you know um so i think she'll be one of the first kind of like real true talents to start as at a young age to go through kind of you know this academy series which is exciting yeah um because when you're that young, you really are able to start. You're just developing your talent, really. Mm-hmm. So F1 Academy will be able to help her in a big way in that way. Mm-hmm. But I found it interesting. Like I said, she's paired with Lena and Carrie on this ART team, which are much older drivers. Carrie is incredibly experienced. Um, and she might sound familiar because she's won a couple of things in other series. So just to go through some of the things... She's been involved with categories or series of racing, F4, GT, endurance racing, and she won the 24-hour SP8 class race. She's also raced in a bunch of other series and races. It's pretty impressive. She's had a pretty impressive career, and I think ART was smart to have two more experienced drivers paired with a very young driver here. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to help her a lot when it comes to just fundamentals. Um, and then Lena too, she was in Spanish F4 and Formula Regional. So, uh, Chloe will be able to learn from some of the more older experienced, successful drivers, women drivers out there, which is great. Two more teams almost there. We have Roden, which has, everyone calls him Carlin, like Carlin, Carlin racing. That's who Logan raced for. Yeah. Two Carlin. Roden, Roden, Carlin, Carlin, everyone, however you like everyone to Everyone just calls it. it Carlin. Carlin. Yeah. Uh, but they have one of my favorite drivers that I'm super excited for. Abby Poling, mm-hmm. uh, who's 19 years old. Jessica Edgar, who's 17. And Megan Glicks, which is who's 23. Uh, Abby had an amazing performance in W Series. Mm-hmm. Um, Finishing second, right? Yeah. And she has also been toted as one of the younger talents. She has been on the podium in every series she has ever raced in in her life Mm -hmm. i mean she's only 19 but (laughs) Mm -hmm. still that's pretty impressive and granted all the series she's participated in besides w series were all with guys Mm -hmm. and she's gotten a podium in every single one um and megan also was a w series driver as well so they know each other Uh, i'm sure that'll be nice to have like a fellow Mm-hmm. driver that you worked with before working on a team together because in w series you weren't on teams really right um so they'll be there megan also has a really um outstanding racing record uh she is second overall in the canadian formula 1200 which is pretty great and she's uh gp for uk and she has two wins in that series um 
so again like she's 23 years old she's a bit older but definitely has experience in other forms of racing and had success there oh and another thing to note abby is also part of this really big push from alpine uh the race her initiative um and she is actually part of the alpine academy i didn't know that i thought she was part of aston martin no you're thinking of probably Jessica Hawkins. Yes, I am. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. So Abby pulling too, like one of the, I believe she's the only girl on the grid. Don't quote me on that, on this F1 Academy grid that is actually backed by a Formula mm-hmm. One team, uh, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And I think smart on their part. Uh, so hopefully maybe we'll see more of that mm-hmm. as some of these girls um, just continue with F1. Last but not least, we got Prima. Uh, Chloe Chong, who is 15 wow. years old. Mm-hmm. Um, Marta Garcia, who's 23. And another W Series driver, Bianca Bustamante, which uh, she was a rookie in W Series last year. And I really, really liked her as well. Was excited to see her race, but she didn't have such a fantastic mm-hmm. uh, start in W Series. Um, and she's Bianca is also racing Formula 4 in UAE. Formula 4 UAE. Uh, Chloe is the youngest driver on the grid mm-hmm. for F1 Academy. Um, and she's another one of those talents that has just kind of been, uh, people have been building a lot of hype around. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think she's got a lot of possibilities. She also went through the like FIA's, uh, girls on track event, the same one that Chloe Grant went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe Jessica Edgar as well went through where they evaluate your skills and she scored very high as well. Um, so that's really exciting exciting. And it's really all the um Marta, she's also W series. And also her. yeah, also one of the only girls on the grid that's participated in esports racing in a competitive fashion. <laughs> so I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um she's like, Can we make her like the Lando Norris of <laughs> F one Academy? <laughs> I'll be interested to see. I wonder who the favorite is. I would think it would be Abby. I think Abby, um, yeah. But I would, I would really like to see this 15-year-old. I assume she's just coming from karting. So this will probably be her first experience in single-seater racing. So Yeah, I think Chloe, Chloe Chong and Jessica Edgar are the only two girls that are coming directly from karting. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because when it comes to experience, those two are going to have the least yeah. amount in a single series. But typically, people going from people in F4... There, there is no single seater before F4. Mm-hmm. So you're coming from karting. Yeah. So like you said, right now with F1 Academy, there's a lot more experience. But I would think as it age, as the series ages, um, it will get younger. Mm-hmm. And there will be a lot more girls who are coming straight from karting. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll start looking more like the F2 and F3 age it'll, it'll look like... F4. Yeah. It'll look like the F4 series that, yeah. that happens now all around the world. So this is a question I had. Now, as we were going through this list of drivers and I was naming off their ages, it kind of popped into my head. Like you just mentioned, when you're in F4, F3, F2, everyone's kind of around the same age. There aren't these large age gaps. It happens every once in a while. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, Roy Nassani. Um, But everyone's a couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. within close, each yeah. other. We've got crazy age ranges and experience ranges in this. So the youngest being 15 and the oldest being 25. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's fair? 
I don't see why not. I mean, in in F1, we have who's the youngest driver, Nick or Logan, probably, 22, mm-hmm. and Fernando's 41. Yeah, but that's like, to me, that's at the, the pinnacle. Like, that, that is the last stop. So that makes sense to me. But when you look at all the feeder series, you don't have that. Yeah. And I think it's because the idea is you're competing, competing with people that are around the same talent Mm-hmm. amount of talent Experience. and age exactly yeah. what i'm trying to get at is is it fair like you have when you're in f2 and f3 you're racing around people who are around the same age as you with around the same amount of experience and talent and with f1 academy we've got women who have raced in multiple multiple different racing series and then we've got girls that have raced in karting well i mean i think there's there's two answers to that there's the one that this is a new series and they just had to do that Mm -hmm. if they could have all the drivers be 16 years old jumping from karting to f4 or to f1 academy then they would but Mm -hmm. they they just don't have that option right now and then the second thing is is that there are examples of it in other series of racing like i said roy nasani's been in f2 for like five years and that hasn't helped him he hasn't won he hasn't come close to winning Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day talent still wins yeah, that's that's true. But I think it's interesting, like you said, as it gets older, we'll probably see more yeah. girls and more talent um, making F1 Academy like their goal. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see how it grows. And it'll be interesting to see how these women race alongside each other with varying ages and different experience. So I'm also interested to see how that plays out on I mean, track. That happened in W Series last year. Yeah. There was, there was a wide range of ages and experience. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be too much different from that kind of racing. Yeah, that's true. All right, that is our F1 Academy breakdown. It was Mm -hmm. a lot of info. We appreciate you sticking with us, but we want to give this series a shot we want to get it give it the attention it deserves because we believe women belong in motorsports not just as drivers but also in other capacities and we want to be one of the shows out there promoting it Mm -hmm. for sure so we're excited to watch uh a quick note there has been no official announcement as to where you'll be able to watch academy um, I actually just talked to somebody who talked to one of the girls racing in the Academy series, Chloe Grant, mm-hmm. and she was like, we don't even know where you could watch it or where that might be. They're supposedly maybe going having it available on F1 TV. That's what I was told. And it, that should be the case if F1 mm-hmm. is supporting it. Yeah. There, there's no excuse for them not to put the races on yeah. F1 TV. So hopefully they'll have it somewhere. If not there, hopefully YouTube at least or something. Yeah. Yep. Um, because it, it just makes sense. Uh, but keep your eye out for any of that. We encourage you to go follow them on Instagram at F1 Academy. And yeah, thanks for joining mm-hmm. us again for another episode. And as always, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and give us a five-star stinking review because we work hard. And we don't get paid for any of this. <laughs> so, and as always, too, make sure to go check out the merch shop at grandprixgirl.com and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. But until mm-hmm. next week, you guys, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.